Nothing's impossible with the Lord. All things are possible to him that believes. I believe Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless His holy name. And forget not all His benefits. I'm having a benefit. Hallelujah. Who heals all thy diseases. How many believe He heals all our diseases? He heals everything. There's nothing that God can't do tonight. Amen. So we're going to bless Him. We started teaching this morning on an area of establishing boundaries for covenant blessings. And this new year as we're entering into this 2019, can you believe that? I'll tell you what, I remember when Y2K, was it Y2K, is that what it was called? Uh, hit in 2000, everybody was all nervous and oh my goodness, they were in a dither and everybody's going out packing up food and getting food and all the dry food and every, I mean it was, they were looking for the worst I guess. I didn't know no better, so I didn't do that. I figured the restaurants would still be open for me. But have y'all remember that? I mean people just got all in a nervous dither and, and I guess you don't know. I mean, all this electronic stuff and all this stuff out there when 2000 it was changing over into a new, another, um, what would be another century or another millennial or whatever it was, uh, be, be another millennial, wouldn't it? Yeah. And uh, they didn't know what was going to happen. Of course, I guess back in the first millennial, they didn't have all these computers and stuff to worry about Y2K. But uh, anyway, but you know, we made it through that, didn't we? But you know what? We're in 2019. We've entered into a brand new year. And we ministered here towards the end of the year, the very last service of the end of the year, on letting go of dead things. We've got to let go of those dead things. You can't unscramble eggs. You can't undo the past. The only thing you can do is let God erase and forgive and and just blot it out. But that's what He can do with the past. But we can go forward in the name of the Lord. And we ministered this morning on the, the boundaries that God has set for His people, Israel. Israel is God's people. Amen. They're God's people. And that's why we as a nation should always continue to bless Israel. Because if we bless Israel, we're going to be blessed of the Lord. God's going to, He's going to shine His favor upon us. We're favored of the Lord when we bless Israel. Now, Israel as a whole, as, as the religion of Israel, the, uh, Judaism, they have not accepted Christ. We know that. But yet at the same time, they believe in Jehovah God. They believe in Yahweh. <laughs> they believe that He is God and that, that, uh, they're still looking for the Messiah. They're still looking for the true, the true Jews. Now listen, I went to Israel in 1980 and I was shocked. I thought I would just see all these religious folks over there. And I'm telling you what, the young people over there and, and, and the, uh, young, uh, Married couples, if that age group, I mean, they, they're as worldly over there as they are over here. 
I mean, they got their dance clubs, they got their nightclubs, they got their discos, they got, I mean, they got everything over that. They got one drag, one of the street. we call them drags back in our days, you know, but, but uh, you're going to go down the drag, you know. And, uh, but, but I mean, one of those main streets was just filled with nightclubs and all that. And I was shocked. I was shocked. But yet in the old city, in the old city, we were there, we got acquainted with a shop owner there. And uh, he, he was um, uh, a Jew. Uh, he was uh, born as a Jew. He he loved his country. He was there when they were were reestablished in the territory that they have right now. And uh, 1948, they were declared a nation. But it was just a very small part then, very very small portion uh, of land. And he was a shopkeeper there in the hotel where we were staying, and we got acquainted with him. And you know. He blessed us as we left. And the ble- you know what the blessing is when they really like you <laughs> and they bless you? He blessed us and said, may you live to be 120. That's one of the blessings that they give people is to be blessed to live 120. So I, I received that blessing and I'm going to make it. Unless the Lord comes first. And then I'll just have eternity for the rest of my life. Amen. But, but it was interesting, but the Jewish nation, um, it's amazing when you begin to study the history. I'm a history buff, and I love history, and I, I always loved history in school and, and uh, studied it. And I always like to read biographies of people and just see where they came from and what made them tick, you know. And, but the thing is, Israel was, is God's people. From the very beginning, from Adam all the way through, God has had a plan. And his plan was to have a nation uh, that would worship and and would reflect his presence and his glory. Uh, Adam and Eve when they die when they they did die spiritually. And when they when they did die spiritually and God uh, forgave them, that he cut covenant with them. He 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 slew an animal and covered them with the skin and they they had covenant, and then they taught their children to do their uh, their offerings unto the Lord. And Adam uh, uh, taught them, and he he must have been a good teacher because they were doing it. And Abel gave his offering to the Lord that was accepted by the Lord, but Cain decided he wanted to do it his way. Now you see, the thing is, the sin nature came at the fall. The sin nature came at the fall, and. There, there was no sin in Adam and Eve until they fell. When they fell, that's when the sin nature took over. That's when God's plan of redemption went into effect really big time. And he told the serpent, he said, on your belly you'll go, and the seed of the woman shall bruise your head. Hallelujah. The very first prophecy of Jesus Christ, the Messiah coming. And all through the Old Testament you'll see the prophecies relating to the coming of the Lord and what He is coming to do to redeem. And I, I mean, listen, uh, God has always desired a people. He's always desired a people. He wants a place where He can reflect His glory and His presence can be felt there. And the Garden of Eden was that 
The presence of God was there on a daily basis as he walked in the cool of the evening and in fellowship with Adam and Eve. And the, the presence of God was there. We don't know how long this this happened. I don't believe they got in the garden in the garden. And uh, uh, when when Eve was born, that she she connived this thing and said, Adam, I think we ought to just sin. You know, I don't think that happened just like that. I, we don't know how long they were. Listen, they were they were created to live forever. They were created to live forever upon this earth. They had to learn how to die. We haven't learned how. We've got to learn how to live now. <laughs> because they teach us how to die. But we can learn how to live. We can learn how to live the abundant life that God has for us. And this is what God wants. But you know, what? <laughs> you know, the presence of God was there. God's always desired a place for His presence to be. And that's why when, when all of the evil started happening, Cain slew Abel, Cain was driven out from the presence of the Lord, and through Cain, his genealogy came, and you begin to see the evil ones produced from his side of the family there. And it just got worse and worse and worse and worse, till the Noah, the time of Noah, and you know the story of Noah, there was only one righteous man, and it was Noah. I mean, of all the population of the earth, only one person could stand up and say he loved Jehovah God. Noah was that man. And Noah he, and his, his sons and their wives, they, they got a free ride because of his righteousness. Because of who he was in the Lord. Because when they got out of the boat, after it lit on a place where the boat landed, and they, they got out and they went their ways also. And his sons... The lineage of his sons produced Nimrod. Nimrod was the anti-god uh, ruler that was living, uh, that was uh, ruling during the time of Abraham. When Abraham uh, was born to his father uh, Terah, and the, Terah was a godly man. Terah was a godly man, and and uh, he was part of the godly lineage, you know, that was there. And you know what's interesting. I told you I'm a history buff, and you might want to do this sometime. <laughs> but there, there's a, there's a, uh, the history of Israel. It's called the Shabbat. And, uh, I, I went in there and studied the history of Israel. And it's interesting because you, you know, you wonder. Now here Noah, Noah didn't die. You know, he was still alive. Noah lived in that region. In fact, he was kin to Terah. Terah was through that lineage somehow. Abraham was part of that. And Seth, the godly son of Noah, was still there. And they lived in, 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 uh, in that area. And according to history, now according to Jewish history, that Abraham spent a lot of time, Abram, his name was Abram, spent a lot of time with Noah. See, Noah was 800 and something years old when he died. He was, old, he was 800 and something years old when he died. That's a long time. Amen. Brother Kruger, we're just, we're just not even middle age yet. Praise God. <laughs> but you know, the thing is, they, they were, they, he learned the godly principles from this. And then God spoke to Abram to get out of that country. Nimrod. Nimrod was killing babies, taking them before they were born. Abortion was taking place. They were, uh, celebrating the, their gods 
and offering these babies unto the devil, unto, the, unto their gods. And it was an evil time. It was an evil time. Now, well, I won't get into all of the Shabbat <laughs> because, it, you know, you can't say it from the word, but it is history of Israel. It's the history of Israel. And, you know, there's historians and they, they pin this stuff down. And some of it, you've got to see that it's pretty accurate in what had happened. But God spoke to Abram to get out of there and go to a land that he would show him up. And Abram followed the Lord. And God gave him the promise that all the nations of the earth would be blessed because of him. Because it was from this seed that we're going to see the lineage of all the godly seed come forth. And the presence of God was present with Abram and his children, Isaac, and all of them. And, and, and we begin to see the lineage of the Lord coming down. And God's, God's always wanted a people. God's always wanted a people. But you see, the thing is that I want to establish here is the fact that God wanted a land also for Israel. And we learned that this morning. We heard that this morning. And uh, Israel finally had a little strip there, small strip. 1948, they were given to him. They, they were scattered everywhere. They didn't even have a nation. They didn't even have a, a, a place called home. They were just everywhere. The, the Jews were bywords to the people because that's just what the, the devil hates where the, where the Lord coming from, you know. And he come out of that lineage. Praise God. Uh, but you see, the, but the Jews, they, 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 they don't have the, the revelation of redemption yet. Some of them do. There are some Messianic Jews that have received the Lord. And as I said this morning, there's some Muslims that have received the Lord also. That they, the Lord Himself has appeared to them in visions and dreams and explained to them what they were doing. And they've accepted the Lord. Praise God. Now, it's dangerous for a Muslim to receive the Lord and to go public with it. But they're doing it. And God is honoring it. And God's going to bless it. But the thing is, God wanted a people. And Abram followed the Lord. And he came, uh, and, and out of that lineage, all the way through, as you begin to look, I didn't, I, I used to hate to read those chapters where so and so begets so and so, so and so begets so and so. That was the most boring thing. But you know what? Once you get into the lineage, and once you get into the bloodline, and once you get into what God was doing, man, it's exciting. It's exciting. I even looked up my bloodline one time. My name. Clarence Richard Dalrymple. Clarence means intelligent one. Richard means lion-hearted and courageous. Dalrymple, that's just the surname. I don't know what it means. It's a hard name to pronounce for people. I know that. And spell. I've been called Dalpimple, Dalrymple, and Dalrymple. You know, I mean, it's just all, it, it, but you know, I, I don't know why it's so hard, but, uh, uh, but you know, but you know, the thing is, it's interesting. But God has a people. God has a land. He gave the land to Israel. And through that, we see where the land has been expanded. 1967, the Six-Day War, that was a historical thing. I was in Bible college my, uh, going into my second year of college. And, and here, here this happened six days. I mean, it was over with just like that. God did some supernatural things during that period. And they regained, they, they gained territory, they gained 200% 
of the territory that was rightfully theirs. Two, two, that's a lot. 200%. And it's still theirs. Praise God. Now, we've had a lot of nations come along and say, no, you don't need that, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. That's okay. God's still going to have the final say-so. Praise God. God's still going to have the final say-so. But God's always wanted a place for His presence. Boundaries were important to God. And the boundaries of national Israel today is important to God. And their boundaries is very important to Him. But God brought us out to bring us in. How many glad we've been brought out? And to give us the land which He swore to our fathers. That's what He told uh, uh, Moses uh, to tell the people. I brought you out to bring you in. See, God's bringing us out of everything that we thought was right and bringing us into the correct posture with the Lord. We need to come into the correct posture with God. I, I, I preached everywhere, you know, in different churches. I went to England. I preached in the Scottish, uh, the Church of Scotland. I preached in the Church of England. There, uh, I remember in one of these big uh, abbeys, they call the abbeys, you know, there. And I preached in that. And, and uh, the uh, the priest, I, I guess he's kind of like a priest, uh, Anglican uh, minister. And uh, I, I came back over there and he asked the preacher, he said, When's that preacher from Texas coming back? Let me know. We're coming over. Hallelujah. Because they were meeting in that place first before they got their own building. But, you know, God is so good. You know, God is so good. But, you know, the thing is, God is bringing us out to give us the land which He swore to the fathers. Now, He brought us out to bring us in. God's got one purpose in mind. He wants you to enter into the realm of the kingdom and enjoy the benefits of the kingdom. See, church, we have, we say... We have church, and we do. We gather together. But church is more than just gathering together. Church is coming into the presence of the Lord. Coming into His presence. Allowing Him to minister to us. Allowing Him to heal. Allowing Him to do miracles. Allowing Him to draw people into the kingdom with the, with the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, we need some more conviction in this land today. There's not enough conviction. When I say conviction, I'm not talking about beating people on the head and say, you dirty sinner, you. No, I'm talking about conviction of the Holy Ghost when the truth of God is presented and God takes that truth and penetrates that heart, that wicked heart, and they begin to understand that without God, they're nothing. And they need Him. And they can only be changed by the power of redemption of the blood. Hallelujah. And thank God it's happening. It's happening all over. And we're going to see some of it happen here. We're going to see. Listen, God's not on, God's going to call backsliders home. Anybody know any backsliders? Uh, that's, well, what's a backslider? That's somebody that just started out and decided not to keep on going. <laughs> and they went backwards rather than forwards. Amen? But I believe God's going to call backsliders back. He dealt with backslidden Israel. He took time to deal with the backslidden Israel so they would come home. But God's brought us out. He, he wants us to get into the, enter into the realm of the kingdom and enjoy the benefits of the kingdom. He brought us out of darkness into light. How many remember when you were in darkness? He brought you out of bondage into liberty. How many remember you were so bound up you didn't know what to do? 
He brought you out of lack into abundance. He brought you out of sickness into health. He brought us from death to life. And God's provisions are always in abundance. I tell you what, I like that term, abundant life. Amen. I want you, he said, I would that you have life and have it more abundantly. Praise God. So we have the abundant life. But all the provisions. Now, Hebrews, the fourth chapter in the third verse, said, and he, this he said, although his works had, had been completed and prepared and waiting for all who would believe from the foundation of the world. See, God's already completed the plan. It hasn't all been fulfilled as far as fulfillment, but in God's mind and in His heart, it's, it's, He's already, He's already, um, uh, prepared and completed what He's gonna do. Praise the Lord. God sees your completed end before you ever get started. God knows where you're gonna end up before you ever get there. Hallelujah. There's a lot of people said, well, I would never end up in a church like this. Well, there you are. Here you are. This proves that God knows what He's doing, right? Amen. But, but God did it from the foundation of the world. Which came first? The air that we breathe or the lungs that we breathe the air with into? Have you ever thought about that? What, what, is, what am I saying? God has already completed. It's a completed thing in God's mind. Before He ever put man on the planet Earth, He already had the, 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 the mechanisms out there that was necessary for the air and all of that. The provisions of our physical body were here before we ever needed them. Amen. The provisions were here before we ever needed it. The provisions for our financial needs are here before we ever need it. Everything we need, it's already accomplished through Jesus Christ. We have it all. God owns all the gold, silver, and all the ores in the earth. He owns every beast of the uh, the forest, all the cattle on a thousand hills. I like what one preacher said. He owns all the taters underneath it too. Amen. For... But the proof of the blessings is in the land. Now, remember the children of Israel finally came to the promised land. They'd already been delivered out of Egypt. They'd followed the Lord. They'd seen great miracles. The Red Sea opened. Great miracle took place. Listen, that's a great feat. I mean... The Red Sea was, it drowned the Egyptian army. And it opened up for the Israelites. One little boy, he hadn't, you know, he hadn't been to church much, and his daddy finally let him go to Sunday school one time, and he went to Sunday school, and, and he, uh, his dad said, Well, what'd they teach you today, son? He said, Dad, you're not going to believe what they told me. He said, Try me. He said, Well, Dad, there was this man named General Moses. And General Moses went and delivered all these thousands of Jews out of bondage. And they followed him. And when they, and the king, Pharaoh, got so mad, he, he got so angry, he got all of his artillery, heavy artillery, and all of his 
Uh, I mean, he had missiles. He had everything. Dad, you should they he was coming after Moses. He was so mad. And he said, Dad, when they got to this Red Sea, he said they couldn't get across. And General Moses got his got all of his engineers and they built a bridge across that river, uh, that Red Sea. And all of Israel went across on the other side. And then when the, when the Egyptians were coming up, they wanted to go on the other side too. They got on the bridge and Moses had a demolition team. That, they blew it up and killed them all. He said, now son, you know that's not how that story goes. Sure. Yeah. 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 Verified. Verified. Praise God. But it didn't happen like the little boy was telling it. His daddy said, son, you know that's not how that story goes. He said, dad, you ain't going to believe what they told me if you don't believe that one. <laughs> But that's good, Brother Pete. Amen. God, listen, God is going to have proof in this earth that these things that we read about happened. And Pharaoh's army drowned in the Red Sea. They drowned trying to do exactly what God's people did. But praise God. Now, they finally get through that and go through a lot of things, and we won't go through everything that they went through negative in their in their trek through the wilderness for forty years. But forty years, they just kind of went in a circle, you know. And finally, they come to the point where they're getting ready to go across, and they decide they need to send some spies out and check it out. So they get twelve spies, two from each of the tribes, two of the best men they had, and they send them in there. And they got out, they got in there, and listen, the fruit was just like God promised them. Big and luscious. They even came back, and they were bringing it back across. It took several men to carry that, those grapes of Eschol, to, to bring it back into the camp of Israel there. And, I, I mean, they had proof. They had proof that God was God. Ten of the spies had an evil report, the Bible says. Is an evil report. Listen, anything that's not of faith is evil. Amen? I said anything that does not lift up God and magnify His power and magnify His goodness and what He can do, it's, it's just not right. Amen? But they came back and said, well, we've got the, it is like God said, but, we in our eyes look like grasshoppers to these giants. In their eyes. didn't say in the, in the giant's eyes. It said in their eyes they look like grasshoppers. See, we've got to start estimating ourselves according to the Word of God. We, we, we've got to start estimating ourselves to what God says you are. God says you're more than a conqueror. God says you're more than a conqueror. God's Word said, by His stripes we were healed. 
God says the joy of the Lord is your strength. So, I mean, we, we need to start estimating ourselves and looking at the Word and mirroring ourselves to the Word and seeing that like God says. It is like God said. But they, they said, but. Now, how many knows? I, I've heard that so often. You start telling somebody something, what God can do, what God will do. Yes, sir. I, I, I know that, Brother Clarence. But. But. And you know what? They talk themselves right out of a miracle. They talk themselves right out of what God wants to do because they're still trying to analyze it in their own natural thinking and trying to figure it out. But two of them came back with a good report, the Bible says. Joshua and Caleb. And they said, we're more than able. We're more than able. Now, Joshua and Caleb were about 40 years old at this time. But they were outranked, outvoted, eight to two. And guess what? Joshua and Caleb still was living when they entered into the land. All of the other spies and all of the other unbelievers died in the wilderness, wandering around that same area where they had been all this time for 40 more years. They died. But finally they come up to the river. The Jordan. They finally come up to go over on the other side. But God put Joshua in charge because Moses, his time was up. And he had to go lay down behind a rock and go to sleep and go home to be with the Lord. But Joshua took charge. Now Joshua must have been about 80 also. Because he was about 40 when all of this other took place in in going in and spying out the land. And here, he was 80, Caleb was 80, and now then, they're going in to take the land, and the Lord tells Joshua, he said, don't fear. And have you ever noticed that when God starts telling you something, fear not? Fear not. He knows what you're made of. <laughs> he, 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 knows that, he knows that we're a fearful heart many times. He knows all of that about, God knows everything about us anyway. But he said, fear not. But you tell the people to go forward. And every place that the sole of their foot treads upon, it's theirs. Every place they put their foot down upon, it belongs to them. God was saying, get in there and claim what's yours. They could have had it before this time. But because the unbelief took over, they couldn't have it. And it kept them from receiving what God wanted them to have. But tonight, God is saying, I've got something bigger. I've got something better. And all you have to do is believe me, trust me, put your foot down upon it. Uh, someone said, have you ever heard somebody say, boy, the devil's been talking to me all week long, Brother Clarence. Well, why are you letting him talk to you? If he's going to talk to you, he needs to be looking at the bottom of your shoe. If you got a message for the devil, just write it on the bottom of your shoe. The devil's trying to tell you, you're not going to make it. You're too sick to make it. You can't make it. Sister Frank, the devil tried to tell you, you're not going to walk like you're supposed to walk. But I tell you what, she's doing pretty good. <laughs> and, she's, and she's only taking, she's not even taking none of that medicine no more. Is that all right? Hallelujah. They tried to tell her she's going to have to do it for a long time. And she might not even get good. 
But she's getting better. Because God is God. But you know what we have to do? We have to be like God said. You, you enter into the land. See, the land is ours. And the proof of the blessing is there. And we need to understand that God's wanting us to have what He said we have. See, God brought them out to bring them into the land. Bring them into what God has for them. God has not just saved you to sit by on your pew and just barely make it and just wait for the rapture to take place. <laughs> now look, I'm going to be the first one to hear that trumpet. I'm going to be one of the first. I'm not going to be the only one that hears it, but how many knows what I'm saying? I want to be part of that group that hears the trump of God. And I want to be, I, I want to be in that batch. I want to be in the first batch that goes up with the Lord and comes back with Him to begin to execute against the enemy and the Antichrist and all that's here and be what God's called us to be. But we, we got to understand that God's already brought us to this place. And we've come into it now. The land flowing with milk and honey. Now, God led them up to the brink. Now it's time to go across. Now, you know what they had to do before they went across? They had to reconsecrate themselves to the Lord. They had to circumcise all the young ones that had been born. They had to circumcise all those that had been born and had not been circumcised because circumcision was a sign of the covenant. That's what it was a sign of. It was a sign of the covenant. In fact, when Abraham and all of his people, and uh, this is where it all started with Abraham, and when, when strangers would come in and want to join up with them and become part of their crowd, so to speak, they had to be circumcised. All the males had to be circumcised. Because it was a sign of the covenant. It was a sign of the covenant. Now, we don't do that. I mean, uh, that's not a requirement. Physical circumcision is not the requirement to be a Christian. Because we have spiritual circumcision. And it's done through baptized into Christ. When you're baptized into Christ, that means the old sin nature is cut away. And we're raised to walk in newness of life. With what God's given us. So, you know, water baptism isn't just a ritual. When you begin to understand what water baptism is, and you understand that when you go under, there's a spiritual circumcision that's been cut. There's something happening in the heart. There's something that's happening as you're doing. So, baptism is important. I've had preachers tell me, I don't, we don't baptize. I said, really? We don't do communion. Really? Paul said, as often as you do this, you show the Lord's death till He comes. I mean, you're showing the devil that He was defeated. Amen? And, and Jesus Himself told the disciples, when you're baptized with the Holy Ghost, you're going to come out of there and you're going to preach, and you're going to preach in My name, and you're going to baptize in My name. Go and tell them to be baptized. And Peter preached on the first day of Pentecost, and he said, repent and be baptized. So I still think it's necessary I don't, it's not necessary for our salvation. The blood is what's necessary for the salvation. The cross, the man on the cross, the thief on the cross could, didn't have time to be baptized. So the baptism is not the salvation part, but baptism, spiritual circumcision is necessary. Thank God. I, I listen, if we would just get this revelation of who we are in Christ and what God's done for us, the devil would never have an upper hand in our life and again. 
I've heard people say, I'm just so weak, I'm so tempted all the time, and I'm so weak. No, you know what? It's because you don't understand. You've had spiritual circumcision happen to you if you really believed, and that old nature has no more control. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going to shout in a minute. But we need to just understand. Now, Establishing the boundaries is what God's wanting us to do. And I believe this coming year, even tonight, even this week, you can get your spouse or your loved ones, your children, whoever that you are in agreement with on what God wants to do. And you can say, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to set our foot down on our territory. We're going to claim what God's given us. We're going to claim it in the name of the Lord. We're, we're entering into a fresh area, uh, era of, of our life. And, uh, you know, the Lord told the, the children of Israel, go across this Jordan. You, you're, don't, they're going across the Jordan. They're not going to come back across again. Now, there were some that didn't want to leave and go to the other side. But you know what Joshua made them do? He made them go over there and do battle with them, and then they could come back and live wherever they wanted to live, you know. There's some people, you know, uh, they they just don't want to go too far, you know. I, 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 I'd I go to church over there. I, I think they got good singing, and I think they got pretty good preaching, and, and you know, and but I, I don't want to, I don't want that Pentecostal stuff, you know. I don't want that... Uh, Hallelujah. They, they just want to go. They just, and you know what? Joshua made them go across the Jordan. And they did battle over there. And when they came back, they lived on this side of the Jordan. And I tell you what, there's a whole lot of people living on this side of the Jordan. I want to go across. I want to stake my claim. I want to stake my, I want to put my foot down on the devil. And I'm going to say, devil, did you read the message I sent you today? It's on the bottom of my foot. Praise God. I'm not going to let you talk in my ear no more. You're going to talk to my foot. Hallelujah. Because I'm victorious over you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, when they crossed over the Jordan, they began to eat the produce of the land. Manna ceased. The manna ceased. Did you know they had supernatural manna all the way up to that time when they crossed over the Jordan to go into the land that God gave them? Into that land, the manna ceased on that day. It ceased on that day. And so, uh, they, they no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. Praise God. In abundance. Praise God. It's ours. God's not limited to our resources. Some of us are on fixed incomes in here. And you know what? God's not limited to that. I said God's not limited to that. God can do, he, he can do a whole lot more than what our limited income is. Amen. Thank God for the limited income. Thank God for what we receive. But I want to, that's not our source. God's our source. And God can even increase because we're walking over. And we're coming over. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> but every believer has the same opportunity to receive what God's provided. Everyone, everyone in here tonight have the same opportunity. 
God's not just favoring Sister Francis. God's not just favoring another person. No. God is favoring faith. Faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith perceives, one translation says, and I like it, it perceives as real fact what's not yet revealed to the sense knowledge. I don't care what I see. I, I, it took me a long time. I didn't get there overnight. I, believe me, it, it, it didn't happen overnight. But you know what? God brought us to a place, and I'm still I'm in that place today. It doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural, because I know that God will supply all my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I have no doubt about it. I've seen too many miracles. I've seen too many unusual things that God does. I've, I've seen God do unexpected things. Things you wouldn't even expect to happen. Because God is our source. And when we cross over that Jordan, guess what? God is your supplier. So we're not limited. Hallelujah. Some of you going to get out and shout in a minute. <laughs> but God honors our seed. Every time we get a harvest, it's proof that God exists. Every time God does something supernatural... It's proof that He's alive and exists. Every time God touches your body, it's proof that God exists. God is alive. God's not dead. Hallelujah. He is alive and alive forevermore. I want to just briefly go over some individuals real quickly. People who establish boundaries. You remember blind Bartimaeus in Mark the 10th chapter? The 46th through the 52nd verse. Jesus is and his disciples, they come to Jericho, and on the side of the road there, there's a large crowd, and leaving, there's a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, and he was sitting by the roadside begging. That's what he did. That's how he existed. But he was a blind person, couldn't see. And he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was coming, and he began to shout, Jesus, thou son of God! Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped. said, who's that calling? <laughs> and they said, oh, you don't need to stop, Master. He's, he's here every day. You know, he, he's always hollering out like that. He's here every day. And Jesus said, no, there's something about the, the, the voice, the urgency, the sincerity. Somebody that believed. Jesus detected faith. He said, bring him to me. So they go over to him and said, cheer up, Barnabas. I don't know why, but the Master's calling for you. <laughs> and throwing his cloak aside. Now I want you to see something here. The blind man, the cloak was a signature of his that he was blind. And he didn't wrap his cloak around him and, 
go waddling up there, you know. No, he cast his cloak aside. He cast his cloak aside. What was he doing? He was establishing a boundary here. He had heard this was Jesus, the Son of God. He had heard that he was walking and healing and doing miracles. Blind people being healed. Deaf people hearing again. Dead being raised. He had heard. And he threw his cloak aside. That thing that identified him as a loser. I don't know what's identifying you as a loser tonight. Or identifying you as a failure. Or identifying you as someone that's not going to get what God said is yours. But I'm telling you, if we'll rise up in faith and cast that cloak off in the name of Jesus. Cast it off. Amen? And the Lord said, now, here's a blind man. (laughs) What do you want me to do for you? (laughs) Now, you know, some people that would get, get offended by that. Well, what do you mean? What do you want? What I want? You know what I want. I've seen people pray that way, you know. Lord, this should not be like this. God, this shouldn't be happening in my life. You ever seen people pray like that? Maybe you prayed that way. I don't know. <laughs> but you know what? That's not what God's looking for. God didn't do it to you. Are y'all still with me tonight? God's not trying to destroy you. God's not trying to kill you. We need to look who is. The thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I like what one translation says. I've come that you might have life and enjoy living for a change. It's time to enjoy life. Praise God. Listen, there's people moping around today with no peace, no joy, no happiness. Their surface shows that they're happy. Their surface shows a smile. But on the inside, there's deep hurt. And what we need to do, we need to take that cloak and cast it aside tonight. And let's establish a boundary for Jesus to come in and do a healing. Do a healing of our heart. Do a healing of our emotions. Do a healing, whatever we need that healing in, and let God do it. And Bartimaeus, he said, Lord, I want to receive my sight. And you know what Jesus told him? He said, go! (laughs) Go! You didn't lay hands on me like you did everybody else. You, you, You didn't jump up and down and shout like you did the other person that you prayed for. No, Jesus said, go. Why? Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. He established his boundary. Y'all still with me tonight? Another woman that had an issue of blood. Jesus had stopped. He was walking along the road. Jairus had come up to him. And he said, Master, my daughter's home sick, grievously sick. And Jesus said, I'll go with you. He was going to go with him to lay hands on his daughter and heal her. And what happened was on the way, 
there was a great throng of people all around him. Everybody was touching him. Everybody was close to him. But there was a little woman that had an issue of blood. She couldn't get through the crowd. But she said, if I can just press through and touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. What was she doing? She was establishing a boundary. A boundary that God said was hers. And she said, if I could just press through and touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And she touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus felt the healing virtue flow from him. I want to tell you something. When you touch God, God knows. When you release your faith, he knows. I'm telling you, you may be in a crowd of 5,000 people and nobody get a miracle but you that night because you pressed through and you established a boundary. And you said, Lord, your word says that you bore my sickness and my infirmity. Your word says that I'm healed. Your word says that you'll supply all my need. Your word says that you're going to do this. Your word says... Lord, that you'd take care of my children and you'd save my children. And I believe what your word declares. I'm pressing through. I'm establishing this boundary. I'm going to have my family saved. And we can do it. Jesus was trying to get to Jairus' house and the virtue flowed from him. He said, who touched me? The disciples said, come on, keep walking, Lord. Keep walking. All these people around you said, Just. he said, no, I felt something flow from me. I felt that virtue flow. Somebody reached out in faith. I felt it. And he stopped. And he, she was made whole. Praise God. And Jairus' little situation, it got worse. The men came to him and said, Jairus, don't trouble him no more. You didn't make it home in time. She's dead. She died. And Jesus said, Jairus, remember what I told you out on the road? Just believe. Just believe. You just believe. Don't say a word, Jairus. You believe. They got there and Jesus put all the mourners out. They were already there mourning. They have professional mourners, you know, to come uh, in those days and would mourn over the dead. And he put them all out and went in there and spoke to her. And she raised up and was healed by the power of God. Hallelujah. Why? Because Jairus established a boundary. The little woman that with the issue of blood established a boundary. And I want to tell you something. God says we just need to establish some boundaries tonight. What do you need? What do you need? What do we need from God? What do we need God to do this year? What do we need God to do in our life? What, what does God need to do in your children's lives? What does God need to do in your husband or wife's lives? Or, uh, you know, what, what does God need to do? What we need to do is establish that boundary. Hallelujah. Instead of talking negative about it, start saying, God is going to move. God is going to move. I'm going to tell you something. I've seen the hardest of hardest cases melt in the presence of God. And God change and transform their life. Nothing is impossible with God. Oh, hallelujah. Some of the greatest men of God were drug addicts and alcoholics before God got a hold of them. 
And they went out and they won thousands to the Lord and saw the power of God move on behalf of, uh, of the Lord. And, and because they, they established about, they reached in and got a hold of what God said. Nothing's impossible. Nothing's impossible with the Lord. Praise God. I, I don't know about you. Y'all getting anything out of this? Every time you plant seed above your tithe, you're establishing a boundary for abundance. Amen? Every time you give to the poor, you're lending to the Lord, and He repays with great dividends. That's what the Bible says. There's some more boundaries. These are attitudes that we need to be in. The meek shall inherit the earth, Matthew, the fifth chapter. The Beatitudes. That's what they call the Beatitudes. I call it attitude you need to be in. But the meek shall inherit the earth. Those who hunger and thirst after God shall be filled. Those who show mercy shall reap mercy in their life. Those who are pure in heart shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Every time you show mercy, you're establishing boundaries. I don't know about you, I get, I get so aggravated some of these roughneck drivers out there on the highway. They think they own the road and... And they just speeding around and making things dangerous for y'all. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I, I told Pat when I went to Waco, I want to get my Texas Ranger badge at the Texas Ranger Museum. And she said, "You don't need one. You'll get in trouble with it." <laughs> I just want to flash it to him, you know. <laughs> but you know what? I've learned if I'll extend mercy. And somebody's trying to get out in the traffic, you know, and I'll just stop and let them get out there. You know what God does? When I need to get out, God will have somebody show mercy to me. Establish that boundary of mercy. Amen? Every time you do it, you're doing it. (laughs) Just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. If you want people to respect you, you respect others. If you want people to love you, you love them. Amen? If you want people to, 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 to do good things for you, you've got to do good things for others also. We're establishing boundaries. If you live to those whom you hope to receive back, <laughs> what credit is that for you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. I've had people come to me all the time. By the way, I don't loan money. I don't loan money. I've had people come to me. First time I had a young man that was working with me, he said, Brother Clarence, he said, now I'll pay you back. He said, I need $300, and he said, I'll pay you back. I said, I don't loan money. What? I said, I don't loan money. I just walked on. He said, Brother Clarence, but I'll sign a note, whatever. I said, I don't take notes. I don't loan money. He has followed me into the church. He said, but I will. I said, I know you will. I know you would. I'm not worried about that, but I don't loan money. I walked into my office and he followed me. I said, now how much was that? He said, $300. I reached in my checkbook and got it out and wrote it out to him. I said, go to the bank and cash it. It's yours. I'll pay. I said, no. I'm not loaning it to you. I'm giving it to you. Hallelujah. There was a preacher in Houston. 
And other pastors thought he would just lost his mind. Because, listen, you have a lot of people come by and they always want handouts. Some of it's legitimate, some of it's not legitimate. I've been burned many times. And it's not that I was wanting money back from them, it's just the fact that I got burned. They lied to me. I don't like to be lied to. If, any, if you do anything to make me mad, lie. I don't like to be lied to. Be truthful. Be honest. Just be honest. We, we, listen, I, I can spot a scammer a mile off now. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to get snooped again. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the thing is, we, we have to come to that point. See, I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I don't loan money, but I'll give money. I, I, I have paid cars off because God told me to. I, I have bought cars for individuals because God told me to. I, I've done this because God said to do it. And you know what? I have never, ever been without a good car. God has always supplied good cars, good vehicles. And God's always, and if I did finance it or whatever, God allowed me to have it to do it, you know. But God's always supplied. Most of my cars, I gave, I paid two cars. I, I paid one guy's car off and, and uh, I, I only, and I did it because God told me to, but he'd tell me, he was telling me before I let, before he let God move and do. You know, when are you going to obey God and pay my car off? I said, who are you looking to, me or God? Well, you're supposed to obey God. I said, well, we'll see. I told God, I said, Lord, because God already told my, and spoke to my heart to pay his car off. And I said, God, I don't want to pay his car off. You find me somebody else that will be thankful. God said, I told you to do it. So I, I argued with God for three weeks. I'd see him a couple of times. When are you going to obey God and pay my car off? Finally, I went down to the bank. Got the banker. And I said, I'm going to pay this man's car off. He said, you're going to do what? I said, I'm going to pay his car off. And then all of a sudden, there's a whole, all of the tellers and all of the bankers are over there and a huddle over there talking. And the vice president comes down from upstairs. He said, Brother Clarence. He said, uh, I apologize for all this. He said, but it's not that they're, that they're not wanting to do what you want them to do. They've just never seen this done before. I said, well, they better get prepared because I'm going to do some more too. So we paid it off. They mailed him his title. I wanted to take it to him, but I said, no, I just let him mail it. And I mailed his title to him and gave him a few days. And I saw him one day in this store that he had. And I walked in there and he said, It's about time you obeyed God. I said, Lord, keep my fist clenched and down by my side. <laughs> I said, I don't like this man. <laughs> but I obeyed God. Amen. Most of the people that we did things for, though, they didn't act like that. <laughs> but these are added. Listen, judge not lest you be judged. Condemn not lest you be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. It's what Jesus is teaching. I'm talking about establishing boundaries. 
Give, and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will he put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, uh, it will be measured back again. Now, most people just take that one part of the Scripture. They don't, they don't like to do that part where if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit's that to you? In other words, if somebody comes up and needs something, you don't lend it to them, you just give it to them. Hallelujah! Now, I know, I know, but you're not going to catch me coming borrowing from you because I don't have to because I've established some boundaries. Hallelujah! Because God is on our sides. But listen, what are we saying? Let the devil read the message on the bottom of your feet. Jesus always answered and said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Believe Him. For whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things that he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. And whenever you stand praying, and if you have anything against anybody, have you ever tried and you needed something from God and you go to praying and the Lord brings up somebody that's, Lord, what did you bring them up to me for? God said, you got an unsolved issue. I said, unsolved? He said, yeah. You gotta forgive them. Oh Lord, they deserve what they're getting. Y'all know what I'm talking about? God said, oh no. You forgive them. Forgive them. There was a preacher and his son that got it out out with one another. And they were, the the younger son was having to go to counseling because it was really getting, he was getting bitter in his heart. And he asked this counselor, how many times do I have to forgive? And the counselor said, as many times as he asks you to. <laughs> Hallelujah. What did the Bible say? Somebody does something against you, you forgive them. Seventy times seven. But he didn't stop there. He said, in one day. <laughs> Seventy times seven in one day. Oh, listen, you'd think that somebody could get saved within that time. But you know what? If we're going to establish boundaries, we've got to do it God's way. Forgive. And this is the hard part. Forgive and forget. Forgive and... Oh, listen. Well, I'm going to forgive you, but I ain't going to ever forget what you did to me. No, we forgive and forget. I'm establishing boundaries tonight. And what God is saying to us tonight, God's got a big year ahead of us. Every one of us have blessings in abundance that God wants to do. Some of us, it may not be a financial blessing that we need, but we might need some spiritual miracles. Children that need to be saved. Children that need to be delivered. Brother-in-law, sister-in-laws. Aunts, uncles, we, we, need to, we need to just say, Lord, you can do what you need to do in their life. And we can say, God, I'm believing you for it. And as you establish your boundaries, guess what? God's going to move on your behalf. God's going to do something big.
I said, God's going to do something big. I'm, I'm looking to see husbands that are not saved, that need to be here. I'm, on, I'm looking to hear a report. They just fell on their face before God, and God transformed them. God can do that. I had a man at work one time, and he, was, he used God's name every other word, you know. And he just cussed and carry on, and oh, man, he was a mean fella. And I mean, you know, I didn't even want to be around him. I didn't like to talk to him. because I mean, it just... I felt like I had to go wash after I got through talking to him. But you know what? We kept talking to him. We told him, we're praying for you, Rodney. We're praying for you. <laughs> well, blah, 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 blank, 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 blank. But you know what? On the, over a weekend, we, on Friday we went home. Monday morning he came to work. And Rodney, his whole countenance was different. It had changed. He got born again. He said, preachers, forgive me for the way I've treated you. Because there was about 10 or 12 of us from Bible college working there. And he said, forgive me. Forgive me. He said, I went home this weekend and I read the whole New Testament through. And he said, I tell you what, I saw what Jesus did for me. And what you've been trying to tell me. And I'm born again. And Rodney got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And he became one of the greatest witnesses there. After we left, he was still witnessing. Praise God. Because God changed a hardened heart. God can do the same for us. Some of you have loved ones that need to be saved. Some of you have people that need to get delivered. Drugs. Alcohol. Whatever it might be. Nothing's impossible with God. God. Loves them. And God loves you enough to honor your faith and you stepping your foot down with a message to the devil. My household is saved. Hallelujah. They're saved. They're delivered in Jesus' name. Lift your hands and just thank God tonight. Thank you, Lord. Just praise Him tonight for what He's done and what He's doing. Lord, we're, we're, we're establishing some boundaries tonight. We're establishing things that we need. And Father, we just give you praise. We just give you praise. We just give you praise. Oh, yes, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you believe it tonight? Do you believe it? How many got something special you need God to do? In your family, in, your, in, in, in some relatives or husbands or spouses or children or grandchildren, you know. Do you have somebody like that that you could call on, uh, uh, to call on the Lord for tonight? I want us to do that. I want us to just get them in our hearts. Lift your hands to the Lord. Just say, Lord, just lift them up and say, Lord, I surrender them to you. I surrender them to you, Lord. I'm not going to look at what I see. I'm not going to look at what it looks like. Lord, I'm going to just believe that your word is prevailing. You're transforming. You're changing. Your convicting power is setting them free right now. In the name of Jesus. Father, we just give you praise. We give you praise. Oh, how faith in God. How faith in God. Oh, how faith. 
in God for deliverance. Have faith in. Could you just slip up your hand and say, Lord, I'm going to have faith in you for whatever it is right now? Oh, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God for deliverance. Have faith in just to as we're just praising the Lord tonight, I want you to just speak that person's name. Speak it softly. You don't have to say it out loud, but speak it softly. That person, you need to see God save and redeem and deliver. Just speak their name out in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank You. Lord, we thank You. We thank You, Lord, for healing relationships. We thank You, Lord, for Your love. Lord, just permeating our lives. Let us forgive. Let us release in Jesus' name. Father, we just give You praise for it. Thank You, Lord. We receive. We receive. We receive, Lord. We thank You that there's going to be good reports coming forth. We're establishing some boundaries tonight in our families. We're establishing those boundaries, Lord, that Your Word is going to prevail. And we're establishing it in the name of Jesus. And we just give you glory for it. And just praise you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, it's only believe. Do you believe it? Only believe. All things are possible. Only Only believe, only believe, all things are possible, only, could you slip your head and say, Lord, I receive it now, Lord, I receive, Lord, I receive. All things are possible, Lord, I receive, Lord, I receive, Lord, I receive, all things are possible, Lord, I receive. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Thank you, Jesus. I'm looking for testimonies. I said, I'm believing for some testimonies. Testimonies are going to come forth from tonight as you've established boundaries. I believe we're going to have some testimonies. Loved ones are going to get saved. Don't be surprised. God can get a hold of them. I had a brother that was an agnostic, that was almost atheist, and I, it looked like he wasn't going to ever come to the Lord, but one day, he did. 
And God changed him. And you saw the transformation. His wife saw the transformation. Praise God. God can do anything. Amen. Praise God. Well, Lord, turn to somebody and say, Jesus is Lord, and I have the victory. God bless you. See those of you Friday. Well, Wednesday night we'll be here. And then Friday night we got our practice. Amen. Well, soon and very soon, we're going to see the King. Soon and very soon, we're going to see the King.